Hey, so we are going. So this is the eighth podcast of Failure, the podcast. And we're joined, apart from our our flaky uh, uh, audio today, we're joined by uh, Roger Kellen, uh, who's going to tell us his background. Ziad, you're in where? I'm in Davos, Switzerland, at the uh, summit. No, I'm kidding. With the glitterati. I'm in Lebanon. <laughs> You're in Lebanon, okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm excited about our uh, number eight. We're getting some really nice feedback. We have some uh, listeners that turned into uh, followers. So they listen to every podcast. That's exciting. Spouses don't and, count, uh, by the way. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Spouse, yeah. Spouses, <laughs> yeah. Spouses. <laughs> Yeah. They just there were some comments on your sense of humor. Positive or negative comments? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't say. The clicking is killing us here. Hello, so hold on. Nice meeting you. Yeah, nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks for joining us from uh, Lebanon. So, Mark, are you here today? I'm here. I'm not in Lebanon. Uh, I'm not in Davos. I'm in sunny, cold Boston looking at the ocean. Hey, Ziad, did you hear that, by the way? Because I can hear this damn thing clicking. And I think, I think, I'm sorry, this is not family friendly, but I, I think it's the Behringer headphone amp distributor. That's my theory. It could be. And I'm so, sticking with it. So let's move on. Yeah, let's keep Hey, going. so, Roger. Yeah. Who are you? No, well, yeah, we do need to know who you are. But just as a background, I had mentioned this um, podcast to you on failure. Great. And you said, at least as I understood it, you had a really interesting story about failure of commitment of um, co-founders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, there's a number of stories around yeah, failure okay, that okay. I so could tell. Tell us your, um, tell us your background. And I'm sure, you sure. So, tell us your background and, and get closer to the mic. Okay. One of our mics, something's flaky here, but right. get closer to the mic and tell us about your background. Sure. So uh, my background is um, uh, I've been involved in startups, fintech startups, both my own and other people's fintech startups, uh, probably for the past 20 years. Um, I did uh, my MBA actually out in Simon Fraser University in Vancouver um, and finished it right at the tail end of the bubble bursting in 2000, which it was... burst in Canada. <laughs> it was a Canadian bubble and they said, sorry. Yeah, so, so they, <laughs> it was just a blip. But uh, yeah, so ever since then, I've been involved um, with startups in one, one capacity or another and uh, you know, initially um, helping high-tech startups in Vancouver. Um, with consulting services uh, to help them launch, help them fortify um, their structure, helping them um, actually uh, clarify their product offering and marketing message. Um, but since then, um, I've kind of focused in on fintech, specifically since I've been in Boston, um, from institutional order management systems and compliance systems to retail um, wealth management fraud detection systems. So you're no longer sorry. I'm no longer sorry. I'm, uh, I, I think I'm halfway between a Canadian and American now. Okay. I, I, I apologize less, but I'm still polite. Yeah. I like to think so. Dave can probably attest that yeah. to that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's probably a hockey joke in there, but I don't know anything about <laughs> hockey. But, you know, they, they told me in Canada, hockey and curling are two sports you don't make jokes about. Yeah, well, uh, curling, I, don't, I can't uh, profess to know anything about. Even as a Canadian, I didn't really get into to curling. But uh, hockey, there's a great movie called Canadian Bacon, oh. which um, it was actually it's by, by Mike. You served that at Tim Hortons, right? Uh, Canadian yeah, Bacon. It's, uh, it, it's by Michael Moore. Okay. It was one of his first films. It's not a uh, mockumentary or a documentary. Um, John Candy and Dan Aykroyd are both yeah. in it. Terrific. It's a hockey movie. A couple, couple of Canadians. 
Yeah, a couple Canadians. Well worth watching. It's about uh, probably about 15, 20 years old now, but well worth watching if you want to really understand um, hockey. Hey, Zia, are you catching all this? I am. I, I, so, are, Roger, are you Canadian? I am, yes. Wow, you're our first international Yes, this is very exciting. <laughs> Thank you. I feel very honored. It's funny, you know, um, uh, I ran into Dave and he told me about, the, that, about this podcast and I said, oh, that sounds fascinating because, uh, you know, in my experience, uh, I've experienced failure, I've seen failure, and uh, I, I, didn't I don't necessarily view it as a bad thing. Um, and then subsequent to that, since we were, uh, as we were trying to coordinate um, this, this meeting, uh, I went off skiing in Utah. And with a group of ten, ten guys, um, and all, and the group was made up of you know engineers, doctors, a couple of lawyers, entrepreneurs, slackers, it's all slackers, all yeah, yeah exactly, all slackers, um, but you know high-performing people yeah. and, and successful. Um, the other interesting thing was they're all relatively new skiers. And as I was sitting on the ski lift with one of my friends, who happens to be the CEO for um, a, a, a biotech startup, uh, which is doing really, really well, you know, we started talking about skiing and, and uh, how, you know, they asked me, he asked my advice, you know, about, about skiing. Not necessarily technique, but uh, just general kind of sentiment, if I had any rules that I followed. And having skied for a long time, you know, I was giving these, the guys pointers. And I said, you know what? What I see in the group here is everybody's afraid of falling. That's what, like the number one thing they're all trying to avoid. You know, they, they've been skiing for a year or two, and all they talk about is, I didn't fall in that run, I didn't fall, I didn't do this, and I, I haven't fallen today. Yep. And I said, my, my philosophy is, if you're not falling, you're not challenging yourself. You're not improving if you're not falling. I, I sense a linkage between skiing and business coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this is You're not falling hey, minute, slash failing. Right, right. But you know, this is, Ziad, you should be thrilled because we've actually gotten to the, uh, the dessert without actually getting through the, major, the main meal. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this clicking is killing for me. All, for yeah. all our listeners who uh, all three of them. don't know this inside joke, David likes to start from the beginning and then get to the meat. I like to start with the meat and then go back. <laughs> and, and I'm a vegetarian. So going to a restaurant with you two must be really interesting. Yeah, we've been thinking about talking about more, more about restaurants and other podcasts, but anyway. So what was the startup that... So again, I keep thinking about your comment that there was failure of commitment yeah. by co-founders. What hmm. was that startup about? That particular startup was um, a, a, a fintech startup in, in Toronto, in fact, um, and that was a, a case where we um, we were all working at, at, a, at a, uh, another technology company and saw that it was electronic trading yeah. for equities, and um, what we saw was that nobody was actually taking that um, mindset of electronic trading for um, for. For, for debt instruments. What year was this? This was um, 2002. Wow. Yeah. So um, what we decided, the th three of us decided to get together. One, one guy was a developer, which uh, You're I'll, I'll, me, I'll yeah, 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 sorry, I'll get back to the microphone. And I'll get back to, <laughs> you know. Yeah, give me 
the combination, like I think there's an ideal type combination that you need yeah, in, in, yeah. Uh, in terms of, of uh, success or mitigating failure. But um, one of the guys was a developer, one of the guys was much more delivery oriented, and then there was me who was focused on um, sales, marketing, and revenue generation, um, which at that time was more about talking to anybody that would listen to us uh, because we were in selling prototype phase. Um, and so, you know, we would meet regularly. We both all had day jobs. We would meet regularly, try to try to ramp, you know, just start, start up this business. We laid out a business plan, perform um, financials, got a lawyer and accountant involved, um, and then started looking for investment as we laid out our plan. And we were building a prototype. We secured um, and uh, you know first round of funding from an angel investor out of Bermuda. Oh, yeah, which was good. Um, and well, that would international, yeah, I stuff. Can't would be troubled by a Bermuda investor. <laughs> and his name is... Uh, <laughs> Dave promised me I didn't have mentioned names here. Yeah, 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 yeah no names. Raise your right <laughs> hand. <laughs> it just rhymes with poutine. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Which is also Canadian. That is Canadian. That's with gravy. There's a theme also, here. Also yeah. Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... You know, we, we were at a place where, again, meeting regularly, getting the the business uh, and the product structured and built, get, securing some financing, and it uh, looked like we had a good plan in place. And then, you know, as we continued to meet, thing, you know, people started missing meetings or not actioning, following up on their, their action items. And I have to be honest, I was guilty for some of those as well. Yeah. Right. Fundamentally, what happened is uh, one of us decided that something else was more important and decided to leave. So, hey, hey, let me just clarify. Had, had you guys already left your other jobs? Was this sort of like uh, at night or on the weekends or in the uh, Starbucks on uh, York Street? And, uh, right. And, uh, it, it was getting to, to a stage where two of us had left our, okay. other job, our, our day jobs and were focusing on this. All right. Um, and ultimately, it turned out that um, the third guy, who is still employed, decided that he was going to get married. And that oh, that's the death knell of all startups. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it wasn't going to be a startup? Primarily because... Talk to the wife. Yeah, well, <laughs> primarily because, you know, uh, at that t a relationship like that at that time takes a lot of energy. The same type of energy you would put into yeah. a startup. Sure. Right? And it's just simply there's not enough energy to actually try to manage both of those at the same time. But what you have there is that type of commitment rather than focus on the startup was focused elsewhere. And that that resulted in in, in our failure. Not, not because um, uh, you know, that, that person was invaluable, but if I look at the troika of, 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 of skills that you need, the roles that you need, and I mentioned this Dave, er, to Dave earlier, you really do need somebody that's going to be a product owner. You really do need somebody who's going to be... But how, do you, how, how do you... How can you ask someone, are you planning on getting married, or how's your marriage, or we face that all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk Personal about life of a founder. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, we had we we talked about that in one of our prior podcasts. For those who haven't heard the entire series, where some investors choose to meet the founders, co-founders, uh, a little bit more socially as part of due diligence, and try to meet the uh, significant others or wives just to assess if they're all in. Right, which is an interesting piece piece of informal. 
due diligence that one might uh, put into it. Well, I, I think that's really important if you're going to invest your personal money in, into into a, a startup and finance a startup. Uh, you, you need to know the level of commitment. And that's not to say that you don't invest, because coming back to my skiing, Analogy. There's a risk profile, though. Right. There's a risk profile, but like, so uh, the second thing I said on, on when I was on the ski lift, on this uh, going up, was uh, you know you got to be prepared Where to fall. Where are you? Which which ski resort? We were in uh, at Sunbird. Uh, sorry, at Snowbird in Utah. See, he's still Canadian. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Um, so the second thing was, you're gonna fall. Be prepared to fall. It's not about if you fall or not. It's how quickly you get back up. Right. So as you're falling. You're already preparing to get back up. So, as an investor, if I if I if I was to uh, create this parallel, as an investor, you may discover that there are competing uh, commitments in one of the founders' lives. So, how do you mitigate that? How do you prepare for that fall? Because that that's a potential fall that could happen, and and whether it's him or her, or it's somebody else that's key to the company right. that, that they haven't disclosed. It's, it's part, of, part of the co-founders due diligence on each other. Right. Are you in? Are you willing to work this kind of, these kind of hours? Are you willing to go on the ski lift with me? Whatever. Wait a minute. So yeah, I hear two different themes here. So would you? what happened after this, this uh, guy, as soon as the guy, what happened after he... Yeah, and unfortunately, we hadn't prepared for that. Like, we hadn't really thought through, you know, we, we were at a time really young, you know, and we hadn't thought through, we didn't really understand that we, each of what, what we were bringing to the table was key, right? And we hadn't thought through that if that person leaves, can I do, can I fill that role? Can I f bring that skill set that they're bringing to the table? Can I, can, I, can I backfill? We hadn't really thought through that. So the, the startup, unfortunately, dissolved. And uh, the really sad part is, if I look back at that time, uh, bringing electronic trading to, to fixed income, that's something that you know, was really ahead of its time. That's something that we're seeing now. A lot of the major fintech players that are involved in uh, equities trading are looking to get into fixed income trading, right. uh, electronic fixed, fixed income trading. And we had that early, early on. So you had a good idea. You established the company. You got some commitment from investors, early right. stage investors, and it started to disintegrate. I'm just trying to make sure I'm catching the thread of it. It started to disintegrate, for lack of a better word, because of lack of commitment from your co-founders. Right, competing. Uh, I know, I want, I, so when I say lack of commitment? Competing interests. Competing interests. So, because in the absence of those interests, they would have had full, full commitment. So then the question is why? Why skin in the game? Did they have skin in the game? Did they have skin in the game? Yeah, we, so we, we the, you know, the company was bootstrapped up, to, up until that point, right? So uh, we were all working, and then a couple of us had, had left our jobs and started working full time for for this company. Obviously, at that point, it's, it's sweat equity, and we're, you know, we right. on uh, working off our savings at that point. But so my question is, at, at the point that you know there was some realization among the team that one or two members of the team may not you know uh, be in it for the long haul. At that point, why did you not sit down as a team? Because this is actually, I think, helpful for others that might be trying to learn from this. Why did you not sit down as a team and say, Joe and Andy, you know, they can't, they can't carry this forward. What do you want to do, guys? Yeah, and I think it was uh, naivete at that point. To, to, and that's part of the failure is we failed. And looking back on it, would I have done things differently? Absolutely. And subsequently, it's uh, I've had much clearer conversations around this. Even now when I go into work in a startup that's maybe not my own startup, I will ask those very clear, candid questions up front because they're much easier to ask up front oh, yeah. than 
a year, two years down the road when you've... Uh, uh, but people, but sometimes people uh, tell you a story that changes six months into it. But if they, let's say your partner had mortgaged his house and put $100,000 into the startup, I can assure you he would think twice before quitting or or not focusing. I think it's a very important to to find the find things that are let's call them commitment insurance. Sure, and you know I think that the reality is that there's always something that could be more important that comes up. So you mortgage your house, you put hundred thousand dollars into a startup. And a, and a parent gets sick. So I'm gonna, let me go. Let me go back to this. Um, so what? I'm trying to. Maybe I'm being slow here. What is the? What was your skiing story? Your story to your friend's skiing, which is you have to prepare to fall. You have to prepare to fall, and then if. So your point here. So I'm sorry. So maybe you already said this. So your point here is you have to prepare for a co a, a co-founder to quit. It, that's a possibility. I think, I think that's a fair possibility. I like the analogy. Yeah, however, let me tell you about skiing. I, I used to train for racing, and I was so worried about falling. I wasn't skiing anymore. I was preparing to fall all the time. So I wasn't I wasn't skiing. That's why he's yeah, now he swims all the time. That's why he's in Davos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really, what I think that the part that I was saying afterwards is you, you know you're going to fall. It's, what do you, when you fall, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit, right. lie there, or are you going to roll with that fall and get it straight okay. right back so up again? So let's get down to brass tacks. Sorry, I'm, I, if I seem like I'm distracted, this clicking is driving me nuts. <laughs> Which no one will hear. No one will hear. I think they will. Like, this we'll is, this is the test. Yeah, this this is, you're going to erase each one. This is, yeah, this is, the, this is our skiing failure. Can I see you through this? Okay. So let's... Well, we've always thought we were click and clack. Yeah. Tap it brothers. Yeah, this world. Is so this is clicking and clacking. Clicking. clicking. Um, <laughs> so, Raja, what would you do other than sort of general statements that you should prepare to fall? Yeah. I got it. And maybe I missed this. What would you specifically do right. about co-founders? So co-founders. I, 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 sorry, I keep leaning back. So it's such a comfy chairs here, Dave. Uh, oh, and they are comfy chairs. Um, yeah, so one of the first things that, that I would do is to ensure that each of the, the co-founders is clear in terms of the, the domain that they're, they're covering for the company. But then also ensure that there's enough overlap that um, should one of them leave, that they, there is some way for you to fill, backfill, um, either to pick up the relationships, pick up the work, but that you're able to backfill in an effective way. But isn't there also, there's often going to be a co-founder, each co-founder, I would hope, or because these companies are lean, there's not a redundancy by any stretch. Somebody's going to be the technical person, somebody's going to be the marketing person, and maybe the marketing person, the technical person can handle marketing, or maybe not, but the marketing person is often not going to be able to handle technical, so you are going to have... Individuals. You are going to be exposed, yes, and that's the point. How do you try to minimize that as much as possible, yeah. right? And I think it's harder to do uh, around, just personally speaking, it's probably harder to do around the, in, in the technical sphere. But you'd have to have, a, and I hate this term, but you'd have to have a good bench just in case. But the question I want to get to is the role of the board of directors, even in an early stage company, you have either advisors or directors, whether formal or informal. Uh, it could be the investor, um, and they supply, in my experience, what I'd call business therapy. Mm -hmm. Was there a board in this particular case? We were too early stage. The board consisted of ourselves and our investor. Okay, so did your investor jump in and say, 
Are you sure you guys are in? Because I just wrote a check. Yeah, no, not really. Okay. Uh, just so, and, so and part of that he or was she was passive. Yeah, and, and part of that is geography. Okay. Right. You know, uh, you hear um, uh, VCs say that oftentimes they invest. They like to invest in companies that are near them. Well, that's. Right. It, it happens. It's, it's, it's reality. We could all go to Bermuda. <laughs> we could have, but you know, we were that lean. <laughs> we really couldn't afford to. But uh, that's one of the reasons was uh, our, our conversations and interaction with our, our investor was, was primarily over the phone. Okay. Um, and so he, and, and because he was a, also a friend of one of the, one of the founders, um, uh, you know, he he, he 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 didn't realize what was uh, that that there was um, vulnerability until it was too so, late. So, Mark, your point is the investor is a uh, acts as a point of oversight. Well, uh, yes, uh, it's a de facto board of directors that ha you know is one step removed from from the founding team, and you know as I as I've talked about uh, it, with my startup one of our earlier podcasts, I had an investor that called me every Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And he was the angel, it was his money, and I used to call that the cost of capital. You know, every Sunday at 10 o'clock, phone would ring and then, you know, he's the nicest man in the free world. He wrote me checks every month as needed. And how's it going? And then he'd have a few crazy ideas that he'd want to share. And, you know, at the end of the call, you know, uh, I understood where he stood. He understood where, where, where the business was. But again, it was a cost of capital thing. So Ziad, you, um, we, we are, uh, go ahead. So you, don't you talk, Ziad is an investor, don't you, uh, maybe, don't you talk to um, the spouses um, often? That's, yeah, I try, I try as much as I can to spend time with the founders, have lunches, uh, get to know them, and then you can ask questions that are not, uh, when I own my business, when I hired people, there were, obviously questions you cannot ask that are personal questions when you're investing you you can so i uh, that's right i asked someone and it was a little bit of a there was a, a silence in the room because i asked a founder how old are you are you married uh, where do you see yourself in two years where where do you live do you rent or you own so all these questions are maybe not the information is not really interesting as such but if you put it all together and you see whether that person has any signs of, uh, and the joke is that the, be the best founder is someone who just got divorced, yeah. so they have a lot of time <laughs> on their hand, they need money, and they're, 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 they work very hard. So, <laughs> so you can't, it's a psychology, and it's, uh, it's my favorite part of this whole game is to read into the people, whether they're persistent, they're going to stick with it until the end, and if they have skin in the game. So we never found out, Mick, Mick, you might have alluded to this, Mark, Mick had that issue, uh, Mick Williams um, had the issue, who was on an earlier podcast, um, had that issue where they invested in a day later. What, had, did, what happened a day after Yeah, they so they, they invested in a company, they invested in a company, and then the uh, uh, great company, great CEO, everything was going really, really well. And then the wife of the founder um, yeah. applied pressure on the founder, saying, "Look, we need a steady job." And then he left and uh, joined another company. So uh, those are all. Uh, Real just reviewing a company, and I, I asked the founder. I said, "She's a she she's a lady." And I said, "What does your husband think of your startup?" 
and uh, she said he's very supportive and he's super excited and that's our biggest focus right now. Well, no, actually the question you should have asked is does your husband have a job that can pay the mortgage and otherwise cover you during an incredibly... Yeah, what, what's your significant other do for a living? Yeah. Yep. And yeah, that's you... where the divorced person <laughs> doesn't have, does not have a steady income. So it's all a, a formula that, that has to work. Well, so, so, so Roger, I want to go back to the skiing thing because it's um, bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for lack of a better... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so your point on the skiing thing is you have to... Obviously, I would have told you that, that if you were to follow your own, take your own medicine in this case, yeah. that would mean you would have started a startup right after that. In other words, I fell because some jerk didn't commit... And, or not uh, necessarily a jerk, but just, oh, yeah. just, just yeah. Yeah. a non-jerk. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. right, well, so I, should, I, I would have done a couple things. I, there's a couple options I could have had. If I, was if I saw it coming, and, you know, as you continue skiing, right, you know, you, you, you know when you're going to fall. You can feel it, right? And so then you start preparing for, okay, if I'm going to hit the ground, hit the snow, what am I going to do next? Am I going to flip my skis downhill so I'm ready to get right back up again, right? Versus lying there and feeling sorry for yourself and saying, okay, I'm going to take my skis off and, and stand up and clip them back in. No, you, you're already thinking about, can I turn this fall into a roll? And be be back on my feet. So is this a therapy session because you're thinking about what you should have done, or the end? This is therapy. I, I was creating a. a I was, I was creating. No, no, I was creating. A, I was creating a parallel. So if, it, now, if I were to apply that to yeah, this, this particular startup, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I would have had the foresight to say, hey, we're about to fall. It's looking like a fall. So what would I do? What, what should I be doing in, in, in preparation for that? Should I be looking at saying, okay, it sounds like you're going to get, uh, you're getting serious with this relationship. Should we, should we be mentoring somebody else for, uh, to, to come in and to take off some of your workload? So I, A, you're going to stay, continue to stay involved um, with the reduced capacity, because let's be realistic. Uh, you're getting married, planning a wedding, getting married, and, and that relationship, it takes a lot of Time. So, do we divide that uh, the amount of commitment we need from you from from, from somebody else? So, going back to my ir this irritating skiing thing, I'll argue, and I don't want to get into what sport it is because you and I know each other from a sport situational. <laughs> which which there's important. parallels there too, Dave. Right. <laughs> so this is almost. Is this about knowing how to fall? Yes. No, 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 not so much knowing how to fall. It's just situational awareness. Yeah. Um, but but so even with the fall, though, Dave, in that sport, even with the fall, yeah. you. you know you're going to fall, and you're already thinking about, what do I do to, in order to recover from that fall? Oh, so okay, so dive into that then. So you guys... Um, so all of a sudden he likes the analogy better if, it, if it's... Yeah, right, know, if it's a sport he understands. If it's his sport, he's okay with I see no, where no, this no, is no, going. No, 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 you guys didn't tell me this was the Dave podcast. It is, it's just I finally disengaged and worry about this. See, I'm going through my own failure crisis here. It's failure of recording. Yeah. <laughs> it's failure of the recording equipment to stop clicking. Um, no, so going to that, what in retrospect did when the, what was the role of the person who kicked the bucket, not kicked the bucket, but dropped out on you? Right, he, he was the, the, the technical oh. lead, yeah, which is, which is, which is key. So now, did you, when, when, when the technical lead uh, bagged, bagged out on you, um, did you quickly try to find somebody, or did you just sort of look at each other and say, oh my god, life stinks, and we, life is unfair? We, we lay in the snow. <laughs> and said, like that sucked. Yeah. Yeah, then what? 
unclipped our skis, yep. got up and said, do we walk down the rest of the mountain? Or make snow angels. Or make snow angels. So what'd you do? So we, we disbanded. Oh, so there's the point of the story. So what should you have done? We should have rolled with it, and we should have said, okay, it looks like you're, you're having some problems committing, but you're missing meetings. We know that you, th this, this person's in your life, and it looks like it's getting serious. Should we be looking at bringing somebody else in to share the amount of effort that we need from you from a technical could standpoint? Uh, could we have done that? Yeah. I think we could have done that. I mean, in hindsight, I think we could have done that. How yeah. unique was the technical lead? Well, I, I would say that you have to have that conversation in every startup where there's more than one founder. But isn't everyone going to lie, Mark? No, I don't think so. I mean, so. lie. It's an ongoing that's conversation. Like, that's starting that's up. a Trumpian thing. Well, maybe. But uh, you know, I, I wouldn't Davos. generally start up, start up something with a, a group of people that I don't know or haven't spent some significant time with already. Because, mm -hmm. again, you're, you're brainstorming, hey, this is a really great idea, and you're writing on the back of you know, napkins in the Toronto Starbucks or the Toronto, the Toronto Tim Hortons. I'll, <laughs> I'll keep with that. Timmy's, as they call it there. Right. Uh, so you're, you're in Timmy's. You're, you're, you're smelling all the Canadian bacon um, and the bad donuts. Oh, sorry. Um, What's wrong with the donuts? Oh, they're just uh, crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm staying quiet on this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the Canadian, the Canadian's not By the way, Canadian. I'm a big fan of Tim Hortons. Uh, I, I like their chocolatine. As am I, so I'm, I'm staying quiet on this. And they're, and they're I do have a really pressing question, though, before we get on to yours, and this will drive people nuts. Okay. That we've got a diversion, a digression on digression. When you watch the Montreal Canadiens, what is that funny symbol? It looks like a C and an A, but it, is. it must be more than a C and an A. It's a C and H. Oh, that's an H. C and hockey. I'm sorry. No, uh, les habitants. Oh, so okay. H, A, B. Uh, habitants were the, oh. the initial French oh. settlers. Oh, uh, cool. in, in Quebec. And so, so what's the significance of the CH then other than it means uh, habitant? That's what it is. So that's why they're... Canadian inhabitants? The Canadian. So it's habitant Canadien. Yeah. So okay. the nickname for the Canadians, Montreal Canadians, is the Habs. The Habs. Does that mean they inhabit somewhere? No. In this case, Habs. Les habitants. Means the... Habitant. So H-A-B? Yeah, exactly. Inhabitants of Canada. Well, the, at that time it wasn't even called Canada, though. There was the French settlers oh, that were. For, they were oh, called habitants. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's good. Or, oh, I don't even want to get into it. But was there a, like so, a negative side of that? The, the, is there like a whole bunch of uh, were the people who they were inhabiting it? But for, did they come there? I don't want to get into the issue of were you, they were, like, they, were they forced to go there? Like the say well, the, yeah, the pilgrims? Yeah. Yes. No, no. Yeah, they were the pilgrims. Yeah, the, did you watch the TV Frontier? It's all about that. I watched the Gunsmoke. Uh, Did you watch Gunsmoke? I just, no. I feel like people can learn things from this podcast today. <laughs> Beyond just oh, failure and how to yeah, cope so with learning things. Is, so, oh, I didn't know that. So, so go back. Actually, the question is, what happens to the shares of the guy oh, yeah. who leaves the startup? So you have a, you split them, let's say, 33, 33, 33. And he says, okay, I'm out. And then you say, well, let we're going to replace you. And then he says, well, I'm I'm not going to give you back my shares. So that's why the company has to dissolve. Otherwise, you end up with shares that are held by... You have to be clawed back. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah and that's why, again, no value, so uh, so again, you know, uh, experience, the, the value of experience, in subsequent um, founding agreements, right. uh, it's always been a case that 
that what I've had subsequently is uh, vesting periods even for founder shares, right? So right. there's a cliff and then there's a vesting period depending on you know uh, us meeting commitment goals. But in that instance. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's, but, but, that but again, that's based on experience, right. right? That's not at that time. I didn't have the value of that yeah. experience. So a lot, a, lot, a lot of folks in a lot of startups that I've seen, you know, they have a prenup essentially right. using the marital uh, analogy. What happens if stuff goes sideways? I won't use the bad word. So if stuff goes sideways. Uh -huh. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to buy. We're going to buy back. You know, partner A, partner B's shares at right. this rate. First right of refusal. Yeah, right. First refusal, and and partner A or partner B, if they decide to leave. Uh, agrees to you know gracefully uh, uh, transition mm -hmm. and help and you know releases anything around IPR or anything like that. So I mean I think you know it is something it's you marriage. Can learn. It's a marriage. It is a marriage. It, it absolutely. Marriage. I get the kids on Tuesdays. Right. You know? and, and to your point about you know what you know having these conversations. From experience, yes, I would have those conversations up front. And subsequent uh, startups that I've been involved in, you know, I've had that that, that conversation up front. And going in, actually, another another example is I, I went in with a, a guy who had founded a company, had been around for th uh, three or four years here in Boston, um, you know, a fintech uh, startup as well. And going in with him, I said, let's discuss this stuff up front. And he said, he's, he was like, well, we don't need to talk about that. I think things will be fine. I said, no, they'll be fine. But let's prepare, you know, if in the event that we were to fall, what, what would we do? How would we get back up, right? Well, it's like yeah. the honeymoon, so you have to think about post-honeymoon, and, and it's like a marriage where you don't talk to your spouse about money, or, or you don't go out or do more things before marriage, and, uh, and then you wonder why the marriage didn't work out. But well, uh, I, I think yeah, there's, so the, uh, finish up, Ziad. No, well, here, I'll just interject, as I have. Um, that, it's too late for that. Sorry. Yeah. So that's the. I can cut him off if you want. That. That's right. He's, he's yeah, calling I'm the not present to, to throw something. Yeah, yeah but that, like, David would like get mad. Podcast. I would get mad. Don't bang on the table. Yeah, exactly. But our podcast also is, goes through a honeymoon phase, and now we're, we're post honeymoon. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, that's interesting. So each particular podcast, you're, are, are you, you mean each particular podcast at the beginning, you know, you're, we're getting to know each other. We're kind of nice. And at this point right now where Dave is jumping in saying, you know, I'm irritated by your analogy. I want to get into it. We're past that. This is David saying, this is my goddamn equipment. And I'm going to take it with me if you don't like it. Exactly. Clicking it all. David, Lee, David hey, there's no clicking now. We're, we're, we're done. Well, no, actually, it'd probably work better because then you'd just get one of those polycom phones out and you'd record the polycom yeah, we, we phone have a real on an iPhone. Podcasting great. If we were prepared for it, right? Yeah, if we were prepared for it, but we might yeah, say, you know, oh, David's gone. <laughs> I guess we're done. No, <laughs> if David's gone, we stop. We're done. And we So let me go back to that, though. So this is the thing which the, uh, not so much the failure, but now I want to poke at the failure on the technical side, because what I heard you guys conclude was that you can have these prenup agreements essentially in place, and you can figure out how to divvy up shares in the case one of the co-founders just uh, craps out on you. But what would you have done in retrospect, Roger, given how critical, I, I'll argue you can replace a marketing person. Mm -hmm. They're not a dime a dozen by any stretch, but a great marketing person is invaluable and a great Absolutely. is invaluable. But all that said, typically most of them are great. Um, what do what would you do about the technical person in retrospect? How right. do you handle that? So the prenup's in place, right. and so you know that the technical person craps out on you. You can replace him or her. 
what would you have done in this particular case? So let me just start by saying I think any three of those, any any one of those three roles is vital, yeah. whether it's played by the same person or not. But any th all three of those are vital. I'm just saying I don't disagree they're vital. I'm just saying that some people are more fungible. You can put that closer to your mouth actually if you want. Well, so that implies that the product will sell itself. No, 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 I'm just saying fungible. Issue. I'm just saying, I'm saying the people are fungible. I'll, I'll argue there are more, maybe not, but it depends on how, how high-tech it is. There tend to be, in my mind, more good marketing people than there are good technical people. But it depends how high-tech, if it's low-tech, there's a, di you know, a web developers are a dime a dozen. On the other hand, uh, FinTech with uh, blockchain, I bet those women and guys are pretty rare. Well, and also it depends at what stage of production you are. If you're, if you're building the product, your technical person is the most valuable person. If the product is out and you're marketing it, you could hire someone to take over, but the architect initially. And if you don't have money to pay for a technical person, so it's, it's, it's tricky. No, but I, perhaps. So here's here's what I was going perhaps, to. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. that was a that was a backhanded slap. No, 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 no. no. There's no slapping, uh, no banging on the table. Yeah. No, no shoes banging on the table. Oh, yeah. But the thing I was going to say in my earlier set of interjections was it seems to me, and I say this respectfully uh, with, with uh, you know, uh, Roger. Roger with you, on, I think an aspect of failure here is that um, the board or the, the uh, organizing attorney or the accountant or who, whoever you guys went to to form the thing up oh, yeah, yeah. didn't sit down, and, yeah. as, as was done with me by, by some of my attorneys mm -hmm. in the past, to say, okay, guys, yeah. Everything's going to be great, but what if it doesn't? Yeah, what are you going point. to do? Right. So to me, it's like the failure of the service providers. So the question would be, did, did the vendors? I'm mean, sorry, the entrepreneurs are always blaming the service. Well, providers. that's because it's you know well, well it's criticism. <laughs> but did you did you sit down with a, 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 a forming yeah, attorney, yeah, yeah. or did you question. just kind of form this up on your own? Great on the question web? for Mark. We did it on, on our own the web. Okay. And so once again, in all in all honesty, it's legal zoom. No, no, no. But this is the background. You were you were too busy listening. No, I could hear it. You're not working with. If you worked with Nutter, yeah, this is where we plug Nutter, right? So, you know, and, and again, what, what, you know, one of the things I Boston Harbor Angels were the investors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there would be a lot more support. So, so, so what you're saying is you guys formed it yourself yeah, and you didn't yeah, have Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's, once again, the benefits of experience, right? At that at that time, <laughs> we're that all, Thank you. all young. We're building this Mark's thing on, on, on a lean budget. We're you know using our savings. So we're trying to save money wherever we can. And uh, one thing about entrepreneurs, right? We know what we're, we know what we're doing, right? Right now, it's it's, it's accepted. No, we're talking you know, 15 years ago. This, this this story now it's accepted that you would go to a service provider and that maybe you know uh, a a um, an attorney can help you form a company much more effectively, much more cost effectively than you could try to do it on your own, especially right. mitigating some of those scenarios that we talk, were talking about. But at that time, we weren't thinking of that. There was a lot of naive, naivete that, you know, we can create this company. It's, the documentation is there. Yeah. Um, we just, you know. This is great. This podcast is about the importance of service providers. I <laughs> love it. Check, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So, but the, the, but so what, what about and investors? Investor? Was it? Was it? No, we so we had we had, we had no no we had we had document we had the documents in place but what did you mean did he ask no who who is your attorney that you used to, uh, to, to drop the documents and so forth uh, we provided him the documents he didn't ask for, for the the legal form failure uh, on the part of the investor from a due diligence standpoint sure love the idea love you guys here's a check 
let me know how it goes. Right. That's effectively the story you're kind of telegraphing. Isn't it a story, by the way, that doesn't have failure in it now that I think about it? Because we're able to, isn't it amazing how every podcast we're able to pull out failure? Well, that, that, that's the purpose of the podcast, I guess. Yeah. It's not to hear our witticisms. <laughs> So, Mark, to your point, yes, we could we could say that. Uh, and the reality is, I, I don't view, I don't view it like I view it as a failure on the, our, our right. part. By the way, I'm not being judgmental. No, not at all, not at all. I, I kind of feel like you're allowing me an opportunity to abdicate failure. Which I, <laughs> no, 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 it's all yours. <laughs> well, so I mean, really, this is a therapy session for Mark and his business. He's always trying to. <laughs> he's always trying to make himself I'm still, better. I'm still, I'm still in the grief state, but anyway. Right, yeah. right. Oh, okay. So, so. Looking back, what has it been? 16 years. Yeah, it's probably 16 years. Yeah. When you have these pangs of, I guess it wouldn't be angst, pangs of pain, right? pain, pain, pangs. Uh, when you have them, uh, after your poutine, what do you? What pops into your mind first? As damn, I wish I had. What is yeah. Coulda. Yeah. What's the thing that first pops in your mind? Chosen a better service provider. Listen to us. Well, actually, I, I would have said I would have said actually yeah. viewed. I would have probably drawn in more support from the service provider as well as our investor. I, I think we viewed our investor purely as dollars. That was about it. We didn't really think about uh, how that investor. Could, what other things the investor could bring to the table. So, like a Boston Harbor Angels could have really helped out here. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, if there, you know, yeah. we're psychologists. <laughs> and so, really, like again, like I said, we were naive. Yeah. Uh, we were young. We kind of felt we we knew it all. Um, this is easy hand, stuff. On the other hand, what everyone says, and it may be true, if you spend all that money early on to, in, in the startup, in the setup phase. Yep. And you've got nothing to go on there. You know, from there on out, you've sort of you've lost. What is it? You won the war and lost the battle. Won the battle, lost the war. Something like One that. of those two. Something. Like I'm, still, I'm still trying to figure out the. It's a lot of money. Is, it's a lot of money to dish out early, early on. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a lot yeah, of money yeah, to, a lot of capital to lay out early yeah, so on. Right? That's okay. all. Oh, I get to ask my favorite question. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much money did you raise? Uh, half a million. Oh, that's good. Did you lose yeah. all of it? No. No. We, we, did you give the guy some of the money back? Well, he was so he had committed to half a million, right? Okay. So he was uh, writing us checks as we as we went okay. along. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're drawing down right? against against the five. Is that Canadian or U.S.? That was Canadian. Oh, so that's oh. like 300K, really. <laughs> so for, those, for the people who've made it this far into listening to this thing, which I think is going to be fairly few, that I will point out there's no clicking right now. That's true. Right? That's no clicking. Yeah. That's because Ziad probably is not looking at his iPad right now. Oh, Ziad. <laughs> no, you I caught him. Just... You caught him. You caught him. Um, so quickly on the, can you go through the fundraisers uh, to the extent you're willing to say how much you put in or something just so, and the value of this is for those who've actually tolerated this podcast to this stage, they might want to know how sort of the funding goes. It's always good to, during the post-mortem, you can figure out not only about the accident caused the bones to break, but sometimes you can say, hey, while, while we're looking, while we're doing post-mortem, what are the we the cap table? Yeah, well, yeah, what, just tell us a little about that, because this company's so dead, it should matter. Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it, again, this was, this was... You can be roundabout if you don't yeah, want to be yeah, exact. Yeah, so this yeah. was, uh, you know, Angel, right? So, Early seed investor, so there's our only investor. Uh, so how much we, did you put in on your own, if you don't mind saying? Yeah, so you know, I think we put in about ten grand each. each? Okay. Yeah, and and, and that was also you know we were also at that point um, starting to move out of our our our, our, our jobs. 
How did you put it in? Did you all just sort of kick it into the bank account initially, or did you just sort of? Was there a bank no, account? No, there, there was a bank account. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it, okay. this, it was all uh, formed legally. Okay. Uh, and so there was a uh, uh, it was incorporated. Right. right. It's a Canadian company, so who cares? Right. <laughs> it's, it's not. It wasn't on the Vancouver Stock Exchange. Yeah. <laughs> the VSE, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you you kicked in the money all initially. No, no, no. So we put it in as we needed it. So, okay. you know, so we had. But you kept track. Yeah, absolutely. So. No, so we and we had an accountant. We actually built out a pro forma um, uh, financial statements uh, and, and a business plan. And we looked at um, what, what our run rate was going to be. And that's why we went uh, to our investor and asked for a number. And how okay. did you actually? I'm sorry. How did you, oh, the investor was a friend. Of, no, it was he was a friend of a friend. Friend of a friend. Yeah. Of he was friend of one of the founders. Sorry, I should say. And so, how did you reach out uh, to find that money? So, uh, or did he? Did the money find you? No, 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 no. So, um, the technical guy yep. was heavily into chess, and so the investor was also a chess player, and they play chess on, on you know the international circuit type of thing. Really? Wow. Um, I guess he didn't see this move. What that was he a Russian? Chess player <laughs> Which named Putin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of them was a Russian chess player, but yeah, not named Putin. <laughs> so, ha having said that, you know, he basically, <laughs> our, our technical lead said, you know, I, I know somebody who um, has made a lot of money uh, in London in options trading, now lives in Bermuda. Think he w he'd like to invest, uh, looking for investment uh, opportunity. Um, to be clear, the fact he was in Bermuda was not relevant. Say again? Was that was the <laughs> locale relevant? Yeah. Did he have to be in Bermuda? No. Okay. No. He just happened to live in Bermuda. He just happened to be. Okay. Yeah. As opposed to some other tax haven. Yeah, tax haven. Cypress right, exactly. Isle of Man. Hey Zia, are you still awake? Did he fall off? We lost him. No wonder. That's why there's no clicking. No, I was thinking that's some of the brightest things he said. <laughs> so so we have we have instruction from him to, to carry on. Yes, but he said he would call back if he got so. Off. Let's just kind of keep we'll keep right. rolling. So uh, yeah. our technical uh, technical partner, the technical founder, uh, yeah. reached out and, and made initial contact. Said, would you be willing to talk to? Uh, I was a, the CEO at the time, yeah. right? Uh, because I was responsible for sales, marketing. Oh, business development. Right. Uh, would you be interested? Would you be open to having a conversation? So we would all, you know, my uh, myself, my two partners would gather around this business phone that we bought right. for the company. Nortel, uh, probably. I'm sorry. Probably a Nortel business phone. It was a Nortel business phone. In yeah, fact, yeah. I think I may still have it. You're so dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, while, while slurping our poutine. Yeah, and uh, we would get a wooden uh, fork. <laughs> whenever, whenever we would have a call with them, they would all be gathered around. You know, the three of us would be uh, in one, would be the other one. <laughs> one of our, you know, our living rooms, and we. In fact, it was um, the guy that was responsible for execution for delivery in his living room. We ran out of his living room. That's where the phone was, the, the business phone, the business line. Everything was running through that, and that was our business address. And. Um, we would gather on the phone, talk to our, our, our investor, and I would be I would be pitching him the company. I would be pitching him our idea, who we were, where we came from, what we were planning to build, how far along we were in terms of this prototype, who we who we showed it to, because we had started showing it um, on paper to prospective clients. Okay. And so you know, that's where these calls would would happen. So the initial call was our technical founder saying reaching out to him saying, "Would you be open to having a, a, a conversation?" Okay. And how far? 
into it? Did you have a prototype built by this point? Sorry, Dave? Prototype, prototype built. Did you have a prototype? Did we have a prototype? Uh, you know what? I can't hear you through here anymore, by the way. Oh. Can I just take this off? Yeah. You can take that off. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. So to explain to anybody listening to us, if there's anybody. You'll, you'll edit this thing. Yeah, we'll edit it anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's on headphones. It's, you're, just, you're hearing us through the air. air okay. The old-fashioned air. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so how far along were you? With the prototype? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so we had, um, so so it was a um, NTR architecture, architected system, so it had a, a front end desktop yep. client, it had a middle tier, and it had a, a database layer. Um, we had built this prototype out so you, we could demo it. We could effectively demo it um, with the simulator running in the background. Um, so in terms of Productionalizing it is that is that what you mean? I mean, were you able when the investor came in, you weren't in revenue. You couldn't say you were making money. No, we weren't. You could we say were. the idea is we we not only had a concept, we actually built it and it seems yes. to work, and we want to use your money to do X. Yes. So we we built it and to a point where we could go out and show it. Oh, to, okay. yeah, you said yeah, that. So demo. What'd you want right. the money for? Effectively. Again, this is none of this relates to failure, but it's like while we're looking at the body and dissecting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so what did you tell the investor you were interested in the money? The well, we needed the money in order to continue funding the actual development of the system because it was running on simulators, and it needed to actually plug into external data sources. Uh, uh, and did you need the money to help fund you guys, or were you still, were you running on help. fumes? No, we were, we, we needed funding. We needed, you needed, uh, we, we needed to, needed to be salary. able to, to, we needed to be able to pull some type of salary from right. the company in order to continue on with it, or we would have to go look for And what did the investor, I know this seems like it's really gross details, but in the end, I think these are key questions. What did the investor say about how much salary you could draw down? Yeah, actually, it was his question. Oh, he, 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 well, his first question was, uh, you guys need to draw salary from, from this if this is going to be a company. And he was willing to let the, uh, the investment, you know, the use of proceeds be used for uh, some amount of salary? Some amount, yeah. Okay. It, it, it wasn't going to be... Well, just out of curiosity, was that a negotiated amount? Or did you say, we all need you know, X, you know, X hundred a month, X thousand a month? Yeah, so uh, you could say that's negotiated because we said we, we need this amount. And, it, it seemed, and we'd, again, being naive... You didn't know. We, we, we just said, you know, we're asking for money, so we really should just go bare minimum. Yeah, you, you limited yeah. yourself. Yeah, a lot of folks will do that. You know, I think... In startups I've seen, and I've, I've seen stuff pitched at, at various angel groups, you know, the, the question will be, are you, pay, are you paying yourself? Well, I know there are others. Are you paying yourself? If so, how much? And people are always afraid to say, you know, I'm going to get market. Right. Or I'm going to get a little less in market, but this is what I can afford. Well, the problem is what market means. I know that I saw, we saw a pitch, and in front of uh, about 60 to 80 people, somebody asked the CEO what he was going to take, and he threw out a number, and it, it sounded... Not entirely unreasonable, but the reaction of the room would have shock, yeah, shock, shock and disgust. <laughs> yeah. You're, yes. you're going to take my money and use it to pay yourself? Yeah, yeah, I don't, How I don't dare you? And that's yeah. where I would say, you know, maybe uh, we obviously lowballed ourselves because we were, you know, we were you know, we were looking at somebody else's money. Right. Uh, but even market, you, you know, there's an expectation that you're going to put some of your own sweat. And equity, as oh, you don't sweat, sweat and money yeah. And, yeah, and so yeah. forth into it. So it, maybe you're not going to draw a market, right? Yeah, there's a lot of, um, I know Harvard Business School has an executive compensation study for companies of all sets of stages that uh, Noam Wasserman or Wasserstein, my name Wasserman, his name of the guy, and he's been publishing it for years and years and years. And I've used that in the past in, in conversations with investors saying, we're in this, we're in the 50th percentile of this range for pre-revenue 
software startup, but again, this is something you learn after. Absolutely. You know, and, and so it, there are data points for the listeners. There are data points out there for team compensation and equity levels right. as well. And I think yeah, that the, the, the actual... Um, Oh, is he back? So the VC function, I think, has matured quite a bit as well since you know, 16 years ago. I think there's a, a lot more, you say, data and information and um, algorithm that people can use, that, that investors can use. Because you conversation with your investor that says, look, I've looked at the, you know, whatever data source, here it is, here's the report, the current executive compensation study. And this is what we have to do. It's it's baked into our ask, mm -hmm. and I think that's reasonable because I would say that um, you know you don't want your founders and co-founders and early team members worrying about you know making the rent or making the mortgage or you know paying for their kids' braces. No, and you and I, Mark, we worked with a uh, Ziad. Um, can you hear us fine, Ziad? Just keep going. I think we're losing them. So you and I worked with a startup that um, where they were getting no money. They had bring right. in, brought in. I'll say a few hundred thousand, that's probably an exaggeration, right. but they brought in some, some money and they were getting nothing. And the, from what I can tell, it's kind of fizzled out in part because nobody could commit. Talk about, talk about your guy, at least arguably, arguably that was a, um, a, a decision, a voluntary decision to, right. I mean, frankly, for the state of the uh, human race, it was a good decision for them <laughs> Um, That's but, questionable as well, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. Don't, don't tell your co-founder that. Um, but we, this was a situation where the, where the co-founders weren't getting paid anything and were spending all their time just trying to eat and, you know, get... Uh, that business is still a still good place. I have a 3 o'clock call today. Oh, okay. Well, let's not talk about what it is, but okay, good for you. Okay, but in any case, that's a case where there was no money. Right. No money was allocated, and the business has floundered for years and years and years, and it's not clear it's going to get anywhere. It ends up... The purpose of the business is unclear. So yeah, it's back. Okay. This is a yeah, so it, it, an attempt to call. The theme of, this, of today's podcast has been around, you know, commitment, yeah. right? And as a, as a cause of failure. Um, I can already see the title. It's fear of falling, fear of failing. <laughs> there you go. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, David likes to come up with clever titles after he listens to the whole. Well, or, or the skiing. The skiing analogy is great. Well, that's that's the fear of falling. Tell us, fall, fall, and fall better. Fall better. The, ski, the, skiing, yeah, yeah, yeah. the skiing lesson from the coaches. Right. Roger has some words of wisdom for us. Okay. No, no, that's what I was, so what I was going to say. So we've, we've talked about uh, He's commitment levels from. The podcast is about. Yeah. Sorry? Keep going. You're going to tell us what the podcast is about. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> no, uh, so we've talked about. Um, commitment level because of other things occurring in life yeah. when we talked about um, um, how to you know, mitigate against that those kind of uh, other commitments, you know, either by building in some redundancy, but then how about also, and I've seen situations where commitment levels um, vary or have uh, ebbed and flowed based on um, what a, one founder is, it's a one person's founding the company and then brings on somebody else, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And is only willing to give give up a oh, small portion yeah. of, of, uh, of, of the company. Yeah. Um, because either A, they don't really see the value. And this is where I came back to earlier on, I took issue with, you know, the technical uh, founder being the most important. I, I do think those three areas are really, really important and you can't, um, you can't really succeed if you're not addressing each of those areas and right. not, not necessarily, not every technical founder is good at selling or, or, or delivery. 
They may be really good at product. Not every good CEO uh, can understand technical architecture. Right? Well, the, I, I, I think they're sad. I think raising money is, is a, a lost art. It's very difficult. And sometimes people that are, you know, the harder they try, the, the worse it is. So, I mean, you have CEOs with various, you know, uh, skill sets. But, um, well, and if money I, comes in, if money comes in too quickly, too easily, sometimes yes. it's not such a good thing. Right. Well, so the, Roger, what you're getting at though is is not so much an issue on whether it's a CEO or whether it's a technical person, whether an executive or a technical person or a marketing person. I think that's just basic. I don't want to call it human greed because the founder wants. You know, it is. It is. Awards, but I've seen it in a case where the uh, a very critical. Uh, technical person, not a technical lead, but a critical technical person has been brought in at it's such a low percentage, you'd wonder, why bother? Uh, and how long are they going to be, how, how really committed are they going to be the to the endeavor? Yeah. Right. right. And it, no, yeah, I've, I've, seen that. That. I've seen that a lot. And I, it, it, right. I scratch my head and go, you know, you can keep 97% of this company, but 90% of nothing is still nothing. Right. right. So to me, the answer is um, give them a fair percentage, but invest, make it best way out. Well, not too unreasonably far out, but make, give, make sure they're in the game for long enough to actually and and each, founder, each founder has to put in some money, whatever it is, just so they feel they've put in sweat equity and some money. Well, some founders uh, may not have money, but they may have put in a bunch of sweat, which is yeah, they came up with the initial but, idea and they're contributing it. Yeah, what, idea if, what if they can't put in the money? I mean, well, I, but, I had that with, with one of my startups where one of the angel investors, and I know we've talked about it uh, a little bit, said, you must put in X. Mm -hmm. And if you don't put in X, I'm not going to put in my well, that's Y. That's crazy. But did, did, they, did that investor keep in mind that the presumably whoever came to the founder came to the table with something? Sometimes you can't. No, but sometimes oh. symbolically you put some money. Yeah. Just yeah. $500, $1,000, yeah. whatever, just to... My amount was more than that. Uh, uh, exactly. And so... So I, I, I would summarize this podcast in three words. I, I think Ziad wants to end the podcast. Did you get that skin. sense? Yeah, keep going. No, 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 no. I just skin. I can hear the music. Uh, uh, Tim Hortons and poutine. <laughs> uh, poutine. You well, mentioned the th my three favorite things. Is that, you know, and, and the funny thing is, you know, uh, poutine is very uh, Quebecois, right? So very Eastern Canada. We haven't really touched upon Western Canada at all, and that's where I'm from. Well, there you go. So if you have any Vancouver jokes, we can talk about those. Uh, Vancouver, Vancouver is such a gorgeous city. <laughs> you can't make fun of Vancouver, is what you're saying. Can't. I mean, it's just it's the Pan Pacific Hotel, and there's the the beauty of it yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, over the island, and you know, I. I the, even though it's not my uh, holiday, you know, the uh, caroling ships in, in, in December, watching those go around the island every day. I, I did a, a, a Vancouver startup a long, long time ago. Oh, you did? Fell in love with uh, Vancouver. So it's a how, great how long ago? Oh, 1990. Oh, okay. So I think you, I was could, part of the, you could take this conversation in Burnaby. I think Zia wants to get off the phone. I thought, I thought this was going to come full circle. We were going to find out that Mark yeah. was actually the investor from, ah. from Bermuda. <laughs> yeah. I wish. I, won't, I, I like French fries, but I don't like the gravy and the cheese curds that go. Yeah. So there's a trick. And I'm not a Quebecois either. <laughs> there's this trick they use when, they're, when you want to get somebody off the phone. You, you start talking and you just hit the button. Thank you.